How's it going, everyone? Crickets are back. If you can hear them, sorry about that, as always. Um, disappointing Sunday for Orange County Soccer Club fans, obviously. Uh, so got to drink something just to sort of forget what happened. Unfortunately, I decided to choose something that reminds me very closely to smoked salmon, which I don't know if that's a good thing when you're drinking a beer. Uh, all I got to say is, Ugh, welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to your Orange County Soccer Club. You know, fans, supporters, everyone involved with this team. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm here to take you through this journey as we, uh, let's call it a therapy session here, uh, as we have to discuss a pretty disappointing uh, result to this past weekend up in Sacramento. Let's uh, go around the table and welcome everyone. Let's go first to, I'm going to let our producer pick. Who's coming on first, producer? Alan down in San Diego. Mr. Alan, long time no talk. How you been, my man? I've uh, been good. Been busy. I'm back traveling for stuff, and then, you know, life happens, and a city council meeting, and all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, so it's good to be back. Uh, would like to have been back to talk about a better game, uh, like the one they played the week before. But you know, uh, their Orange County is still in the playoff race. Technically, somehow, some way, which is the biggest shock I think out of everything, right? That's crazy. Who would have thought? Um, let's do this. Let's. Uh, oh, look at that. We're going to go to Dylan next. Uh, Dylan, did you make the trip up to Sacramento to, to watch that uh, amazing match? No, I've still never made it to Heart Health, Papa Murphy's, whatever Pop park. Stadium. Um, unfortunately, uh, every single year, I'm either too broke, that was in college, or I'm working. That's Vincent's. So someday, probably, I will get up there. But no, I got to watch this one, unfortunately, um, after a nice long day of work at home. So That's it was really just already starting so poorly and uh, never really got going after that. Have we failed you, Dylan? Have we not taught you uh, about sick days and what they're supposed to be used for? You know, call in, <clears throat> I'm sick, and then drive up to Sacramento, get seen on TV with your shirt off, waving a a scarf around and who cares because your bosses probably don't even know about this team. Have we not taught you about this Dylan? Um, yeah. So that works all fine and dandy, except for the fact that um, they would have no reason to be shirtless swinging a scarf around after that uh, abysmal performance on Sunday. Otherwise perfectly tracks. There we go. Um, let's uh, move uh, up and to the left. And that's Mr. Brad up in Reno. Um, who just always tends to blend in perfectly with that backdrop. Brad, um, how are you doing, my man? How are you feeling after a disappointing uh, results against 
your former teams, one of your former teams, arch enemies there in Sacramento. Well, I was a lot closer than any of you, and that's even more so than my arena location. I was actually in Grass Valley that day, which is kind of like, I don't even know the comparison for you guys. What would be like about an hour away in the hills from from where you guys are? That's kind of where I was. You go like 30 miles east. Chino Hills? When we finally get that, uh, when we finally get that Inland Empire team, that'll probably be the same kind of idea. But it won't be in the hills. It'll just be exactly. That's where I was uh, for a wedding. I was originally intending on going to this game, and it's kind of a good thing I didn't because that would have been a very fun tweeting session ten minutes in, and probably would have stopped about twenty minutes in. All right. Well, we got one other person joining us tonight. We've got a a five-person crew tonight. You've seen him very much recently, and he's taken over as beard of the show. If we have uh, our for our end of season awards, we might have to say like host or co-host facial hair uh, award, and that probably is going to be a competition between all of you except for me because I tend to not have much uh, good facial hair. All of y'all have your different styles, but that's Larry. I, long introduction, Larry. How you doing, my man? Uh, I am. I am. Uh, I am in mourning at the moment. Um, I, uh, I broke out the red breast tonight, the 12 year old. I save it for special occasions. And I think that uh, after Sunday's performance, that uh, we can only mourn a little bit the season of what started off for the first seven minutes, hopeful, and has kind of gone downhill from there. So tonight we mourn. We still have hope. We still have hope, Larry. We're still technically eligible to make that playoff push. Yes, there still. And, and I still have hope of one day being under 200 pounds again, but all these things are really unlikely. Trim off that beard, Damn. you'll lose about 10 pounds already right there. Um, <laughs> no, you can't lose that beard. That's like, at this point, that's like a trademark for you now. You've been on this show. I mean, that's just your style. If you lost that, people would be like, who's that bald guy with no facial hair? I, not you, nobody needs to see that, and my girlfriend would be really upset if I shaved my beard again. She gets pissed when it happens. For the record, I would also be very upset. Well, then you know what? The heck with Carrie Dylan. I'm keeping it for you. Keeping it for Dylan. That's that's what you gotta do. I'm just torturing myself with my German style smoked lager from BJ's. So um, that's what I got going on. That's why I mentioned it's sort of reminding me of smoked salmon when I'm drinking it because it's got like that fake smoked flavor into it. Um, I'm not saying smoked salmon is fake smoked flavor. If you do it right, it's actually real smoke, but. That's sort of just the taste I get out of this, but I had it in my fridge. I didn't feel like going shopping and I felt like I was already tortured this weekend. Why not torture myself a little bit more as we torture ourselves talking about the game this weekend, by the way, I will, I'm going to admit straight up top here. I did not watch all and I didn't watch any, but maybe 10 seconds of this match. Um, my youth soccer team had a, a game on Sunday by the time I got home, it was about 10 minutes into this Orange County match, and I saw we were already down 2-0 uh, or 2-0. Let me say it properly. So I decided, nope, I'm not putting myself through torture. Hopefully they come back and get some sort of win or result from this, but I'm not going to deal with this at this point. Wasn't in the mood um, by the by all means. I, I had an emotional weekend with my youth soccer team. Um, so I wasn't going to put myself through much of that. But uh, minutes in. Apparently, what's up, Dylan? Eight minutes in, and you're you've brought up your child soccer team. That's a new <laughs> yes. record. Yes. Yeah, so, so no one's talking. 
people already pissed off about this game. Now they're definitely not even going to listen to this. They can just do whatever the hell <laughs> guess, they want. For guess what, Dylan? Go they could be pissed off all they want. They're gonna they're gonna be eating crow at this end of the episode when I when I have my random thought or my random soccer thought. Um, but we do have some of you that watch this game. I know Larry did. Apparently, Dylan did after a long day at work. Brad maybe caught a glimpse too here or there while he's at a wedding and checking up the scores. Alan, did you watch any of the game? I got to about three nil. Uh, I th- actually I think I got to like the red card, and as soon as the red card came out, I'm like, mm, "This is rough. I- I'm not sure I c- I'm gonna need to watch the rest of it. I'll catch the end of it on highlights." Uh, I, I kind of got the gist of where this game is headed. So with this match, right, we sort of learned why Orange County got knocked out pretty early in the U.S. Open Cup, and Sacramento made it all the way to the final. There's just a very, very huge gap in the quality of the teams overall, the tactics, their ability to perform, and maybe just their confidence levels. I'm, I'm sure Sacramento making that run just boosted a bunch of confidence for them. Um, let me go to you first, Dylan. Your thoughts on this match. Um, do we have any positives? I, I'll ask you that. Is there any positives for Orange County out of this match? Yeah, we're one game thoughts. closer to the 2023 season. <laughs> that's that's the positive from this match. Uh, I don't know who needs to tell the linesman and all the players in the box, but you actually cannot be offside on a corner kick because the ball is, no matter where it is, considered to be on the goal line, which means everyone would have to be behind that. So yeah. um, I don't get why they stopped when they saw the flag go up. Uh, Sacramento deservedly so... They got their goal because they kept playing, uh, and the linesman's a moron for raising his flag. Um, and we look schoolboyish for not not playing through. Um, Alan, please tell me why yes. I'm wrong because I'm here for it. So here's where I think the confusion is: is he plays the ball to Lopez, and Lopez takes a heavy touch, and the guy taking the corner runs is like on his way to get, kicking the ball, and then he stops and. Lopez continues his possession. So what I think the uh, assistant referee is doing is seeing the offside player move toward the ball and raise his flag, but then realize that he's not playing the ball and then puts his flag back down. In the meantime, all the Orange County guys are like, saw the flag go up. So like, I think he should wait in that position, right? You have to like, he should have waited, but it wasn't like it was, he saw Lopez and was like, Oh, I think that's offside. Like, it's borderline, right? The guy is making a move toward the ball. Like he doesn't have to play the ball to be involved in the play. So I, I think it's like this borderline thing, and he raises it and is like, "Oh no, never mind. He's not as close." And again, you got to play to that whistle because the AR it can be wrong, right? The the center official can overrule that ruling, right? He doesn't have to call that offside. And so I I think this goes to the one of our pet peeves of all time is. Anytime a defender is beat on something, he immediately raises his hand like, oh, I'm there. he's offside, he's offside, and everything stops playing. It's like, yes, the AR should have kept his flag down, but I think it's a it's a, a, a justifiable mistake by the AR. Like, I'm not going to be like, you were completely wrong. It's like he, what, he was reacting to what he saw, and he wanted to make sure he called it when he saw it so the play could be blown dead. And so he's quickly trying to raise it. He puts it back down again, but again, by that point, you know, half of the team stopped playing as opposed to defending it. And to be fair, like 
that looked like it might have been an open header regardless. I think the the person I'm most mad about it is, is Rakowski for for like stopping and not just trying to save that shot. I think a lot of the defenders were already beat on that as well. So I'm not sure it would have hugely mattered if they had kept playing at that point. Um, but yeah, I think Rakowski probably could have made a save if he had just, you know, played to the whistle. You're, I, mean, you're I, absolutely I don't right. know if y'all are seeing on, on the replay that's showing on the screen, if it's blurry, like what I'm seeing on here, but if that's the case, blurry. I think that's intentional because our producer's trying to hide it. If I'm the only one seeing a blurry replay, then uh, my internet just sucks. Go ahead. It's blurry. Okay, that's intentional. Our, our producer did not want us to have to watch this torture, so we're just seeing pixelated shapes um, and colors all around here. So by all means, I love it. Yeah, Alan, you're absolutely right. Um, he should have waited. And in any other situation, I think the AR does wait. If there's a ball over the top, you know, maybe, and there's two running onto it, and the guy realizes he's off and he just pulls up. And, and the keeper gets the ball, you know, they just continue on about their day. But if he goes to actually play the ball, he raises his flag. So it's just a kind of everyone's at fault for that one. And what a way to start off a game. And it's embarrassing that it gets worse from that point on. Um, just like where do we begin? words for this one. Um, I was messaging our little group chat earlier um, about a certain center back of ours. Um, God, I hope he's not coming on tonight. Uh, he gets this defense for not being a true center back and, and playing out of position a lot. And it were, you know, 20 something appearances into the game at, or into the season as a center back and seems just as lost, if not more lost than the first five. Um, and it's just so painful to watch LB Skendi multiple times in this game, like the complete and utter inability to position himself uh, or to run. Um, which I feel like really sums up tactically. I think Chaplo and his assistants got this game wrong um, because we were cut down multiple times by the exact same play. And you play two very slow center backs and a very high line. What do you think is going to happen? Balls over the top, ball over the top, ball over the top, ball over the top. Or if it's not a ball over the top, it's a uh, little inside out and you get the guy on the overlap and it's, it's a through ball. Um, but yeah, Skendi just drifting out wide. Um, hey, the right back's not going to shoot from 50 yards uh, at an angle when the goalkeeper's in the goal. Like, why are you drifting out wide? Just mark your man and and stay in the middle. You, you don't have time to stand him up because you're not fast enough to get out there. <sighs> what were the other things? I, I don't know. Oh, it, jogging, it, jogging it, back. I thought Albie's like one of the fastest on the team from what we learned a few weeks back. We were discussing yeah. it, right? But someone maybe needs to teach Albie how to hold down the the R2 or the the right bumper um, when he's running to try and get back on defense. Cause he didn't have that turbo boost going on. He was just running normal speed. He wasn't but busting out the turbo there, but I thought we learned that he's fast. Apparently, but I think, um, you know, your top speed can be great. And this is a, this is a game about acceleration. If you take forever, if you take a quarter of the field to get up to your top speed, you're, you're not helpful because there's going to be someone that might be slower than you, but if they get to their speed faster, they've got to step on you, and that's all it takes. Um, and that, that happened a couple times. Oh, man. Um, jogging back multiple times, that was cool. Him tripping over himself was was a was a quality um, comedic highlight, and then playing Foster onside for the entirety of the third goal was great. My personal favorite was him not stopping the low cross, um, which he likes to score on goals, so maybe that's why. But then having the gall to look at Rakowski and go, come on, man, 
Um, so truly a, a horrific, horrific uh, match from him. And that really sums up like how the game went because even without uh, Roscoe getting sent off, it was already out of our hands by the, the fifth minute. We just didn't look like we were up for it. Which... Well, lucky, luckily for you, Dylan, in the group green room, we have an Albie Scandy waiting to speak with you. No, I'm joking. Oh, good. I'm joking. Dylan was just no, like... too early. He's got 12 minutes. <laughs> Dylan was ready to, to just here. jet if I would have <laughs> welcomed Albie in after that uh, rant there. Uh, let me go to you, Larry, really quick. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, then you can give your overall thoughts on the game. But sure. has Orange County reached its rock bottom after this match or are, are you still fearful that they'll fall even further uh from this point i don't know how much further the team can fall at this point i i, I really don't what what does terrify me is the fact that we got to play pittsburgh on saturday and pittsburgh's a really really pretty damn good team um you know two months ago when i wrote that first article for uh for the uh the, the website for the orange and black soccer cast um <laughs> One of the things I said is, you know, where where do we go from here? You know, there was only two ways at that point, straight up or sideways. They couldn't have sunk any lower at that point two months ago, and they have literally stayed sideways. And I actually think they went a little bit lower on Saturday. Uh, this looked like a team, and God, I, if any of them are watching, I love you guys. I do. Chaplow, if you're watching, I love you too, man. But this team did not look like they were ready to play. Dylan said it spot on. They were just... They were outmatched, outcoached, outplayed, outran, outshot, just out everything. And it's just so bizarre to me because there are so many quality, talented kids on this team and, and some really strong veteran leadership and why this team hasn't been able to find chemistry. And that's what's lacking. It's not ability, obviously, because, you know, Villanueva's a great player. Hoffman's terrific. I think Dan Peterson's been really solid all year. This is a Milan, obviously. He's an A. He's the only A plus we got for the season. Um, wh why hasn't the chemistry developed with these guys um, throughout this season? I mean, I know there's injuries, but man, it's just been nuts. I don't know. I don't understand that personally. That's the biggest question mark that's been in my head since you know we started the first six weeks of the season. Is where is the chemistry? Brad, let's go to you. Answer that question. Where's the chemistry in this team? Um, somewhere in between last season and next season. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I do this agree. season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 clearly missing this season. Um, partially, I bet you, due to as the common theme has been injuries. Um, but I guess team the team hasn't really found that next man up uh, attitude that's worked for us in seasons past. Uh, I don't know if it's a, uh, if it's like um, if the team's not as comfortable, or if the team's uh, not being coached well. It's a lot of different things going on at once, and I guess the season's just a wash. I mean, the key answer, right, has to be defense. I mean, defense is what's let this team down this season. The offense has been there. We have some quality offensive players that have scored goals or have at least put in good good performances maybe they don't it doesn't show statistically but um really it's the defense and dylan brought up the name albie scandy we've talked i i want to say if we go back and watch and uh, get the transcript for every episode this season 
Albie Scandy's name is probably the most mentioned out of all the players on this roster. And unfortunately it's not for the positives that he's done on the roster or, or in the matches, but we've talked about it too, right? He's sort of playing um, a lot of center back, which he has done in the past, but from what we've learned, it's probably not his primary or top position. He's probably more suited for attacking or midfield or something like that. As far as what he's done in the past, Dylan's looking like, uh, I don't quite know. Right. But from what we've heard, center defense is probably not his best position. Now, obviously what we've seen from center back, there's a lot of room to have better performances in other spots. Um, but um, it's just been difficult. And, and you got to look back in the season. Probably the biggest answer, right. Is going to be uh, Rob Kiernan, him missing uh, as a center back partnering with Michael Orozco. Those two had built such great chemistry over the past few seasons. Um, and him missing uh, in 2022 is probably the biggest reason why we have struggled. Um, you can also probably put in there uh, the loss of um, Kevin Alston, who was a veteran presence in the back. And then one name that we really haven't mentioned about this much this season as a key contributor on defense, but that's Nathan Smith. Yeah. No, anyone agree with me on that? I mean, he has to be missed. Cause if y'all remember back, this is a guy that was able to basically one-on-one -on -one defense stop Solomon Asante, who was at that time our like, you know, Achilles heel. And we didn't like the guy and he would score against us like easily. And, and Smith just stood his ground, got the ball, Asante trembles. We got, we get going right. I know that's just one highlight there, but there's three key pieces of, of this team on defense that we didn't have. And then Brent Richards injured for a good part of the season. Um, and the players we brought in to replace some of these players. I know Alex Villanueva has been amazing for us, but even him, he's not, he wasn't naturally traditionally a defensive player. He was more of a winger transitioning to a defensive player at this point of his career because that's sort of what was needed and maybe his skill set fits that so you had really Danilo Costa gets hurt we lose him you know that was that was hard but not Danilo Costa what what what's his name um Danny that's right Danny you're actually right Danny Costa I was right right Dylan yeah. wow it's weird when I'm right it feels weird to be right when I say a name um, I'm very you know, bad probably if he's here healthy for the season, there's a little bit of a, a difference there, but you look at what happened, right? Three to four of our key defensive players were missing this season, uh, players you anticipated having there. And I think that's what hurt. I mean, Michael Roscoe was the only one that could stay healthy on that defensive line, uh, for much of the season. I mean, what we talked about it, Albie Skendy playing defense where maybe that's not his most comfortable position. D uh, Danny Peterson playing back there. Seth Kasipley was playing defense on, on the right side for a good portion of the city uh, of the season. These are players that are not defensive players. Alex Villanueva too, just learning how to play defense. Um, that was our biggest Achilles heel. That's the reason why uh, we are where we are and we're struggling at this point. And Lo and behold, now we have an, a, a next game. I believe what Michael Orozco is going to be missing. So what's going to happen at this point, Alan, what's going to happen? What's our defense going to look like? Can we maybe, maybe uh, let's, let's just throw like the Olaski brothers back there, or let's just do, uh, you know, a one, 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 whatever the rest of the, the formation would be. Just ask if you can play every player on the roster and it would look like one of those, like two premier league players playing like 200 kids. And just have like we're gonna put all of our academy kids and all of our guys just 
fill up your half, have some fun out there. Um, yeah, this is kind of the bad thing about the end of the season, right? Like this is the time of the year where injuries creep in. People have been playing hard for an entire season. Um, the old nine 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 formation, <laughs> nine nine nine. Um, I prefer the the uh, rent is too damn high guy. That's the guy I liked. Um, so I, I don't know what you do, especially against a team like like Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh doesn't like destroy teams and score tons of goals because it's lily ball. Like if you score more than two, I think he yells at you. Um, but it's just still a Pittsburgh team that is fighting for a home playoff match against you know a back line that's shaky at best, and now you're going on the road. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe pull uh, draw straws. Loser has to play center back. Is Dylan volunteering? I have a suggestion. I was going to say, Dylan, this is not elementary school. You don't have to raise your hand to speak. Just talk. I was speaking I do it all the time. Teacher, I wanted to be respectful and not cut him off. Sad trombone noises. Um, Very fitting. Isn't it more a trumpet that does this? The, the, those weird sad noises. Anyways, well, I mimic doing the trombone. <laughs> anyway. Can you do that again, Dylan? Sorry for our viewers that missed that uh, that action that you did right now. Um, what if we solely said this team isn't going to go anywhere in the playoffs and defend its title? That's okay. This season's a bit of a wash. Let's get Milan Olaski, uh the Golden Boot record, and just. <laughs> Nice. And just who and why send it and and just try and uh, try and get him the six goals required. What? Why not? Because we're we're realistically we're one game away. Because we still have a chance. We're still in. We're still technically in the playoff picture. So if we we lose to Pittsburgh on Saturday, can anyone come up with a reason why we shouldn't just make this the Milan Oloski project? Like when Pep was like, all right, I'm going to have Messi score a hundred goals in a calendar year. Like let's just every ball at its terminal point should be at the right foot of Milan Oloski or the left. Probably not his head. He's not the head, but Hey, yeah, it should reach him and in a position where he can likely score. Find some kind of positive to take from the end of this season because right now there isn't any. I mean, that's it's, just that's, that's just a fact. With it's the a lot of and it's yeah. all the kids. Yeah. And if we can, if the kids can start coming, and you know, we saw this two years ago in 2020 as Raymond Dre had a, a storm and start to his professional career. Um, Alexis, uh, what's Cerritos? Cerritos. I think he had a, a good one. And um, what Nico Ruiz making his what a week after signing, less than a week after signing professional terms made his this is the this is next year this is maybe the next kobe henry this is maybe the next ronaldo donis maybe the next aaron cervantes you know this this would be this would be the big thing so that's probably the bright spot right is is having um despite an absolutely awful year on the pitch uh somewhat successful year off of it but Dylan, we have to keep fighting until we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. We still have the shot. I still have faith in this team. I may be the one fan that has faith on this team. Our producer wants to be done with this talk. Let's see where we are after this match with our season scoring predictions. Mr. Producer, pull that up. How are we doing? Um, look at that. I am, as always, as tradition calls for, I'm in last place out of the 
I guess, four of us experts. We're going to have to start including Larry as an expert now because look at that guy. He is running away with this battle. Um, you know, Larry, I know you're in the fan section of this, but you're now technically part of our crew. Yeah. So someone has to beat Larry's 124 to get that prize that that, that they need to get uh, if they want to get a prize at the end of the season because now Larry's part of our crew. <laughs> well, if Ray, you, you know, beat him, recruit him. you could still do it mathematically. Math, math, I don't think so. Mathematically, can I still do it? Who can do the math there? Because how many um, matches are left? There's five games left, right? Or yeah, I can't get there left. mathematically at Ten all. Points five available. games less. The best rate you can do is one fifteen. Okay, so I am well. eliminated from the championship. I am officially eliminated. I am the one and only, other than some of the ones that haven't probably supplied a lot of predictions. Yeah. I'm the one officially uh, eliminated from championship or playoffs or anything like that everyone else and including orange county soccer club still technically qualifies mathematically but i think the, uh, I one of the most There's interesting you, uh, that are mathematically eligible to beat larry still so larry good job you're you're now part of the team you have basically <laughs> taken over uh should i be proud since i got a lot of those points betting against the team at no. least you didn't go dylan's route and say one one <laughs> You're right. I had so much faith in our defense. What was I thinking? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's move ahead. We already started talking a little bit about Pittsburgh um, and uh, how fun this match is going to be. I'm excited about this. I, I think there's a positive result here. Uh, we're going to shock the world and keep our playoff hopes alive. Um, the team has nothing to lose, so they're just going to throw it all out there. I mean, we sort of saw that with Sacramento. didn't quite work. There was a very offensive-minded lineup there against Sacramento. didn't quite work for us. But now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's let's do this. Let's let's throw in, you know, let's have both the Loskis, Kubo, uh, Ugo, Coley up top, um, whoever else can score goals. Let's just throw them up there. Let's go sign um, someone that can score goals that isn't playing right now um, and, and get up there. Tyler Asher. Who was just released from uh, Red Bulls? Not the Baby Bulls, but the actual Red Bulls. Uh, he's without a contract. He can score goals. There we go. Let's let's use some of that uh, Kobe Henry money and bring someone in like that just to just to ruin the rest of the season for anyone else that we're going to play. Right? That'd be the. I guess I guess that's the fun part at this point of season, right? Let's just sort of ruin other teams' chances or their their form or whatever it is from this point on in the season because that's going to be the fun part. But we still have a chance of the playoffs. Um, let's see who, uh, Alan, since you're part of the USL show, you, you know more about the USL than all of us. Um, let's find out what your thoughts are on this match against Pittsburgh. Oh, thoughts on the match against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been kind of having some up and down form as of late, uh, not losing, uh, except for nine Memphis 904, but also like oddly drawing against the Charleston battery team, uh, at home. Drawing against Baby Bulls, too, at home. Uh, barely pulling off a victory against Loudon. Uh, and then drawing Lou City, right? These are like, it's it's been a weird time for, for Pittsburgh right now. And they are finding themselves drifting further and further down the standings. Uh, and now they are behind Birmingham for uh, a, road, a home playoff match in the first round of the playoffs. So Pittsburgh is a team that might be uh, a little bit on shaky grounds and uh, might be an opportunity to get at them. Uh, but they've had 10 days off since their loss against uh, Birmingham Legion. Uh, so this could be a dangerous team, right? Like Bob Lilly can Bob Lilly, and 
it'll bore you to death, but he'll get a one nil win or a two one win. Um, but I think that also gives Orange County a shot because you have Milan Olaski on on your team, and all you need is one, right, to get to to get a draw out of this probably. So it's a game I think Orange County has an opportunity to get something out of, uh, even in the the form that they're in right now. Um, you saw them take kind of play toe to toe with LA Galaxy. Um, and even against 901, it was a 1 1 draw. I think there's a chance for Orange County to get something out of it. They just got to make sure they're slightly solid around the back line, but willing to take advantages of the opportunities they have. Alan, you got that wrong. They can't just be slightly solid along the back line, they have to find a way to be, you know, basically top of their game on the back line to have any shot at this. Without Michael Orozco there, each of those players on the back line has to be playing the match of their life. Um, regardless of how little Pittsburgh likes to score goals, because we've seen this, uh, that uh, even the teams that don't like to score goals seem to find ways to score goals against Orange County uh, this season. That's how amazing our defense has been. Uh, Brad, thoughts on this match? What does Orange County do to win and keep their playoff hopes alive? I've run out of options to to even supply um because it seems like every time I'm asked, what do we need to do? And I say score goals and not allow goals. We kind of do the opposite. Um, But Dylan in our chats earlier today brought up something that was uh, important. Um, We're not scoring more than two goals a game in all but four of our regular season matchups so far this season. And, and I've always brought it up. We need to score at least two goals. If we want to have a chance at tying, it seems like, um, and I don't know without Michael Orozco, how do you even have hope that the defense can, can really hold on its own? I'd love to be surprised, but I'm thinking, you know, the best result we can hope for is a one-to-one draw. And at this point in the season, drawing doesn't earn you playoff spots. Sorry, I'm reading uh, uh, the chat, our, our back, uh, our back of the room chat here. Uh, props to you, Larry, for holding in your or for typing your LOL while I was just cracking up at a comment someone made on there. Um, can we say this? Uh, let me ask you this, this weird random question. Again, we're at this point, we're technically still alive, but we've all sort of determined let's just try some random weird stuff and get Milan Olosky some goals or whatever we got to do. Who would be better as like the lead in the back line? Who would you be more comfortable with at this point? Larry, uh, Albie Skendi or Ugo Okoli as the center uh, center back for this team? Who would you think would put up a better fight on defense? God. <laughs> I gave you the tough question. <laughs> That's a really hard question. And I'm going to type something in our chat that I'm not going to say out loud. No, you, you're not allowed to do that, Larry. I mean, you got to. No, I can't say that out loud on the podcast. Um, um, I I will make that more friendly for the audience. Um, <laughs> South Park did an episode on it for the elections. The options are a giant douche or a turd sandwich. <laughs> so it, I, it's not. Are you I'm, are you are you saying you're not going to answer that question? Larry? No, no. I'm. I, I. It's not that I don't think Ugo could do it. Ugo's a. Ugo is a physical specimen. The guy is a monster. So could he step back there and play center back? 
Sure. I, I, he's a professional athlete. He can probably go. Would he do better than Skendy at center back? Would he do better than Skendy at center back? Um, I think maybe, uh, which I hate to say because I, I've talked to Albie so many times. And he's such a sweetheart of a guy. But, I, I mean, if, if I'm the head coach, which thank God I'm not because, you know, uh, that would be bad for everybody. Uh, I would, you know, I mean, could it hurt the team to stick Ugo back there in Michael's place? I don't think so. You know, and if he needs to come running up to score a goal, we know he can put balls in the back of the net. Uh, that's such a hard question. That's a terrible question. You know <laughs> so what? Can I, can I get a uh, – I'll take the third sandwich. The yeah, go for it, Brad. What do you, what yeah. do you got on this? What are your um, thoughts? I would probably go with Ugo, and my reasoning for this is any line led by Albi Skendi back there, I'm afraid would look like a line graph with extreme variations from data point to data point, where like one person is well in front of the other, and and it kind of looks like a little seesaw of data points. Dylan, if if we say, say Richard listens to our show and he's like, oh man, that Ray, he is on onto something here. I'm going to put Ugo back there with uh, Albi Skendi as our two starting center backs. How confident would you be on both of those guys staying back on defense for the entire match? We, you're telling me. I thought it was a either or. You're telling me that we can't have Ugo and Dan Peterson back there next week? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best case scenario. Um, he so somehow you, thinks that. So you're I, saying you're saying out of what we have, Albi doesn't even qualify as a top two on the defense. Remember, we play a back three. So Albie would probably still be back there, right? Or who else would you put there besides Albie in the back three? Well, we really don't have the numbers for that anymore. Um, but to be I completely so. honest, if uh, if Chapel happens to be listening, maybe Chapel can, uh, can retire and he can play a, a game in center back. I don't know. I, can we get Kobe not, Henry on loan? Yeah, now we're talking. That would I, I heard be about the best this answer right there, Larry. You got that one. What's Walker right. Hume up to these days? You know, let's see if he can come in and be on a a, a ten day contract with us, right? I you know, what's selling funny, houses in Dallas. I thought it was commercial real estate, but to be honest with you, I thought this was funny because I thought this was the worst performance by an Orange County player since Walker Hume in 2019 uh, <laughs> in that very fun game out in Utah. Um, Al- so. Alan, do, do do you and your friends on the Two Balls and a Mic show talk this much trash on your uh, San Diego Loyal roster? Or is it just, at this point, our season's just so, like, down the drain. Like, what else can we do at this point, right? I was, I was, how mean do I want to be right now? Um, Very. I was going to say, no, because. We're all San, being mean, so you I was like, no, be because San Diego's winning. So when you're winning, you don't have to pick out the, the, the warts, right? You, you could just look past them, like. Oh, like I got burnt again. Whatever we won. Right? <laughs> it's, I mean, this is why I, I don't think it's fair to be like Chapelo needs to go. Like, if you look at the players he has available, like, no one is like, oh, I, I can make this team. I can make a better lineup right now. It's just like, there's just not 11 guys that he can put out there to be like super successful right now. Um, and so I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. I mean, there's a recruiting aspect, right? I don't know how much of a of a voice he had in that recruiting process, but I, I think at this point is you you do the best job that you can. You be competitive, you know. Maybe you, you find an academy kid that may be close. I don't know if you want to ruin him either, but like 
I think I think you're gonna have to get creative and and think about just making sure that you're competitive, right? And if that means you have to change up your back line a little bit, if you have to to maybe sit back and defend a little bit more. Um I I, I don't envy Richard Chapelo because I just don't think like he's got a puzzle with missing pieces. And it's like, yeah, of course it's not gonna look great. You're missing pieces. He's got a puzzle with one piece on it, and that's Milano Lasky at this point. <laughs> right. It's like it's like he, he's working a one thousand piece puzzle and he needs it to be like a like five and under, right? Like he just he's he's and, and Milano Lasky can steal you a point here. Like I think that there's enough there that a moment or two of brilliance, like Olasky almost scored at two nil to make it two one. And maybe this is a different feeling game, right? But you know, that, that boot that was magical earlier uh, just didn't quite sparkle as much as we would like to the past couple of games. But I, I do think, you know, Milanoloski still got that shot in there and, you know, he, he's chasing something. So I, I think there's some moments of brilliance there that he can maybe pull something out or at least keep it close and respectable. Right. Like, like I said, like Pittsburgh, I don't think is going to go out there and, and try and score three, four five goals. Um, that's just not usually how, how they like to play. They've scored like four once, I think. But I think you you get as creative as you can on that back line, but and you have some pretty good defenders on your team, right? That can probably get you through a game like like a Brent Richards has been around. Maybe you throw Seth Seth Sipley a little bit further back. Like you, you just get kind of creative and um could put one of those yellow silhouette things that they use in training back there, and that might help out. Um, one, let's get to our one score. of the center backs carrying it and just play it down and then scoot over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might work Not for this sure team. The way things have been going defensively. I, I heard it's last thought from you, Larry, number. before we go to our score predictions for this match. My last thought about what? <laughs> um, about this match, about Orange County uh, versus Pittsburgh. Um, Are you going to watch it? I am going to try. Uh, there, there is a, a little uh, dance happening on Saturday night uh, for my high schooler, and it's his first one. So, um, are you chaperoning? I am not, but they they are arranging for pic- pictures up at the RSM Lake for freshmen at four o'clock. So, I might be on my phone with my camera in my other hand, and you know, doing both at the same time. Um, and then it's also Carrie's birthday, so we have dinner plans. Uh, so I'm going to try as best I can to watch it. Uh, I just, I, I just don't want the team to go out and get themselves embarrassed again. Because I mean, honestly, Sacramento embarrassed us. Sacramento's been playing well. I get it. We've been playing bad. I get it. It's just, it, it's so hard to keep your spirits up for your team um, when they go out and they get slapped around like somebody's stepchild. It's, it was just. It's ugly, and I don't want to see the team. I don't want to see that happen to the team again. So I'm hoping that they, uh, um, I'm hoping that they uh, have a better showing than what they did uh, on Sunday against SAC. He's pulling a Brad. I did pull a Brad, but I did realize it before you said it, Dylan. Just so you know, I already talked about my son's team. Now I'm going to talk about the other team that I tend to talk about on the show. Hopefully Orange County can pull a Tottenham and respond like they like Tottenham did after they got embarrassed by sporting and then just beat up on uh was it uh was it Leicester City, I think, or whoever it was, or no not, not Leicester City. 
do you think that Richard Chaplow is like Antonio Conte? Oh, he's better than Antonio Conte. I just want to point out we, uh, score we predictions for this match against Pittsburgh. Brad, what's your score prediction? I, I want to point out we made it 44 minutes before a uh, Tottenham reference was made in reference to uh, the youth soccer organizations one earlier. Um, my score prediction for this one is Orange County 1, Pittsburgh 3. Darn. All right, let's go to Mr. Dillon. Pittsburgh two orange county one i'm disappointing you dylan you got to go with your normal i'm disappointed myself for saying that pittsburgh's gonna score too um alan uh same as dylan all right there we go uh larry what's your prediction man this is the the expert right here so whatever larry says more than likely will happen i think it's good uh i think milan Picks up goal number 21 to uh, set the Orange County Soccer Club single season record. And I think that Jeff Garner's Pittsburgh Riverhounds score two. So can we drink for Jeff Jeff Garner? Garner. Jeff Garner, please. I I know you still follow us and you may still potentially listen to us. Help us out here. Help your former team out here. Um, But to do this, I'm going to help out as well. Pittsburgh five, Orange County zero. Yeah, there it is. We need the help. We need all the help we can get. Whether Has it's from Jeff Garner, who's secretly there um, as a uh, as a spy for Orange County, still you know trying to disrupt things, help us get a victory. We planned this months ago. Let Jeff go over there, knowing that he would help us get this victory um, when we travel to Pittsburgh. Sure. And if it happens, I'm I, this is all fake news. I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying this actually happened. I'm just trying to. Six days after we lost four nil to a team, it it does hurt when you suggest that five nil is a score because it seems like <laughs> it might be possible, but it is lowly ball, so it'll be like two nil. It is it is Pittsburgh. It's Brett, uh, Dylan. If that's possible, then we're gonna see some pl- uh, some pigs flying across the sky um, at some point because I, I don't think that'll happen with Pittsburgh. Uh, there's no way that can happen with Pittsburgh actually scoring five goals on us. Um, Random soccer stuff. What do we got to 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 share? Random soccer stuff wise. Uh, Dylan raised his hand like he's in class again. Go for it. Dylan. Yeah, sorry. I guess I'm really on this big kick. Um, the name Jordan Peefock might sound familiar to some of you. Maybe not. Yep. Uh, he's he's doing great. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. I highly doubt Alan. And he's doing great out for uh, Berlin. I think he's up to three, three, six, four, four. Like it's three goals and six appearances uh, for Union Berlin. He um, He's an American. He, he did not get named to the, the final little uh, group for these friendlies. But, you know, he, he once spent a little bit of time for the youth team and the reserve team of a certain French club that uh, Kobe Henry now calls home. That would be race, of course. Um, and look at the career that Jordan P. Fox have now. So if race, which clearly have some sort of uh, belief in young players and, uh, and do a good job of producing them. Found Jordan P. Fox, certainly. Uh, good things bode well for Kobe Henry's future. And, and that's a nice one to think about because, yeah, there are not a lot of positives on the field this year, and that's that's obvious. But it hasn't been a terrible year off the pitch, and so that's, um, that's pretty good. There's my little nugget of, of goodness 
because I spent like 15 minutes complaining tonight about how terrible we were on Sunday. There's there's actually some positives like from some of the former Orange County players. You even look like uh, was it Josh Cohen playing um, in Champions League? It played for Blues like one or two games back in the days. Um, you know, so Ronaldo Domus having a pretty good uh, year out in Europe. Um, so yeah, I mean. I guess there's things for us to follow uh, and pay attention to as Orange County fans uh, outside of OCSC, which is cool. Larry, I, I, I saw you actually raise your hand too when I said random soccer news. I was uh, so being you're, funny. You're taking a cue from Dylan there. What do you got, uh, Larry? I, I do have something. Uh, this is actually uh, random soccer Rob Kiernan news. Rob became a permanent U.S. resident today. So congratulations to him. Um, glad to have you here. I, uh, I messaged him on Instagram to say, you know, it would be – you know, well, welcome to, you know, here permanently. And it would be even better if we could see you back in the orange and black next year. So there's that. Uh, and my, uh, my black cats from Sunderland after 10 games in the uh, English championship, they are sitting solidly in fifth place in a uh, promotion playoff position after 10 games, very surprisingly. So let's go black cats away the lads. So what we've learned is that, Rob Kiernan probably knows more about American history than most people in this country if he became an actual citizen of the country. Not a citizen, but a permanent alien, per, per, permanent residence. Okay, permanent resident. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday we'll we'll he'll he'll know more about American history. Um my my ex-wife recently got her citizenship and she does know more about American history than probably all of us right now. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go to some random soccer news plus some just random news. Um, and uh, so what I've, I have to say here, I apologize to damper the mood here, but uh, our podcast and also the Orange County Soccer Club fandom community lost a, a member this past week. Um, it's also someone that's uh, close to me. It's uh, one of the players from my youth soccer team. Uh, his father passed away um, a week ago from today. Uh, he was a big supporter of not just our podcast, but also Orange County Soccer Club. He was a season ticket holder. Um, he had some pretty good seats right there at the, you know, almost the center uh, field mark there uh, on the uh, smaller stand side. Uh, so uh, it's been a pretty emotional week for for me as a fan and also as a soccer coach. Uh, my boys were amazing this past Sunday, playing their hearts out in honor of um this father, his name was Jarrett. Uh, we all loved him. He was actually the biggest fan of my youth soccer team. Although you may think it's me as the coach, this guy was an even bigger fan uh, of these boys, and he was a huge OCSC fan. Um, he would bring his son to to, to games. He, like I said, season ticket holder. Uh, so he he will be missed. He's missed by not just me as a soccer coach, but he'll be missed as a you know podcast. Uh, he supported us and also. Uh, as a fan of Orange County Soccer Club. So, um, you know, just wanted to to share that out. I definitely, uh, uh, at, at a loss of words to, to say anything else on that. But um, if, uh, if uh, I know uh, the, the player for my team and his grandpa, they're planning on potentially going to the final match of the season. Um, if they're there, um, you know, hopefully if anyone hears or knows just you know share love with uh with them um uh, because it, it it hit hard uh, my heart i actually i don't cry easily but this is something that brought tears to my eyes when i found out this news um so 
yeah, sorry to dampen the mood, folks. Let's go to random thoughts. That's my random thought for the night as well. Um, if anyone wants to go next, I'm not going to put anyone in the spot that they have to go after that. So just jump in and say your random thought. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, last week uh, during this very segment, um, a specific member of our podcast had some controversial issues about the passing of a former monarch um, and then asked, why should we as Americans even care? And Dylan, I wasn't able to defend uh, such a weird topic to discuss in the first place, but why we should care essentially is one – even though we fought two wars against them, they've been our biggest allies since uh, the Civil War. And importantly, 70 years is a long time to, regardless of whether you like what they did or not, is a long time to be in charge of a country. And it's weird living in a world where all of a sudden your ruler, or ruler, uh, someone so important to the public image is gone. And also we as Americans love and are obsessed with uh, controversy and drama and nothing brings drama like the British Royal family. So that's why we are obsessed with this story more so than the British themselves. One more thing for you, Dylan. It's been there. There's people that are 69 years old that have never had to sing God bless the King. So that would be another thing that no one has ever sung that actually, no matter how old they are, no one has ever. Okay. Well then there you go. Dylan knows, see Dylan knows this stuff, man. So we actually have some British knowledge here from Dylan who was bashing the British monarchy just a week ago. So, um, this was Dan was on the show. No, I think it was after he left. (laughs) Hopefully it was after I left. (laughs) Um, I do have to say, uh, it was very funny that, um, you know, our, our partner club is is a big fan of the Union and of the royal family, and that being Rangers. Their rival, Celtic, less so. so <laughs> you, uh, um, in the SPL's uh, attempt to not have a moment of silence be ridiculed, they said they'd have a moment of applause instead, and then the Celtic fans started singing, if you hate the royal family, clap your hands. So... Um, <laughs> the game's not gone, everyone. We have, we've still... <laughs> okay, can you come up with the- a... a- better mean chat than you know sort of something like if you're happy you know it clap your hands i mean that just is like very like two-year-old type level banter from the celtic fans oh, there Alan. are there are worse chants out there after the passing like lizzie's in a box yeah <laughs> the was Irish one. one. yeah there was there was some pretty <laughs> i have to apologize for any of our british listeners at this point because uh we got uh, some uh, geopolitics. Yeah. I apologize. Geopolitics is very interesting and very nuanced and very messy, and leads people to do th- silly things in public together. Um, so sometimes things bring out the best of us. Sometimes things bring out the worst of us, and that is what makes us human, right? I'm just glad we get to stand around and laugh about it. Because Alan, what's your random thought? Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't have one. My dog's belly is shaved because we got him an ultrasound. No, he's not pregnant. He's just old. Uh, But he's doing well. So we got some good news this week that our 17-year-old dog is doing just A-OK. They said his internal organs looked okay, but they're also that he's old. So those things are normal when you're a 17-and-a-half-year-old dog. So Ollie's still alive and well and barking up a storm. That's why I had to leave earlier in the show because he was sitting at the back door instead of the one that's open 
just barking his head off till someone let him in. <laughs> okay, Alan, we were sort of all critiquing your living room back there and like what a mess it looked like. So don't worry about that. Um, and by the way, it sounds like your dog is doing better than Dylan. Dylan has some sort of like big old patch on his arm there. So I don't know what happened to you, Dylan, but by all means, um, hopefully you are better than than Alan's 17-year-old puppy there. Um, Larry, I'm, random thought from you. No, no we're not going to let you speak, Dylan. You already got your turn and you decided to bash the monarchy again. Uh, Larry, your thought. Uh, I, I thought I already gave my random thought, but I'd just like to add in that I am also an old man with a shaved belly. So it's just, that's yeah. I guess that's what you do when you're old. You shave your belly. Um, <laughs> Dylan, did you have a last thing that you wanted to say? I know I cut you off, but I don't want to be a jerk. I did, yeah, because I actually did have a random thought. Um, I think uh, that's good that Ollie has um, probably better internal organs than me. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little banged up. If you're going to um, pass a cyclist on the road, be nice about it. Be a good person. Give them a little bit of space. Uh, of course, I'm a, I'm a white man. So, you know, my idea of social justice is uh, alternative forms of transportation. But seriously, uh, you, there's no reason to fly past someone. Um, be really close. And, uh, yeah, just be a, be a nice driver because just because everyone else sucks at doing it doesn't mean you should, too. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I I don't mean to make light heart of, of what's going on. We oh, please do. The more jokes, the better. If anyone has any cool plans for this pretty sweet scar I'm gonna have on the inside of my home, oh, bleeding through. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, let's let's start a GoFundMe page so we can get Dylan some training wheels so he doesn't get into bike accidents again <laughs> in the near future. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners for paying attention to us throughout this crazy episode where we pretty much bashed. Orange County Soccer Club and Dylan as well. Hold on. Um, and I guess the monarchy here and there as well. I, I Man, this was just a horrible, crazy ex- episode. Um, not horrible, just horrible, crazy. Um, but as always, I want to thank uh, Larry for taking his time to jump on here. Maybe we've lost him for the near future. He's like, what the hell did I sign up for for this episode? Alan, who's been missing for a while, he's like, yep, I'm going to take another three-month break. Uh, Brad, <laughs> Dylan, uh, and our producer, Andy. All of you listeners, thank you for hanging in here and listening to us. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are. Orange County, you are my team.